I was playing minor league hockey and I was actually studying for the GMAT. And my, my brother asked me like, hey, I'm working on this project. Um, do you want to just, you know, we're trying to write a business plan and it's a lot of just Googling stuff and putting it all in, putting it in Google Docs and see what we can find. And it was one of those things where I just, I was way more excited to work on the business plan versus study for this test. And, um, you know, one that, that one season we had a, um, my, my, my team was in the semifinals. We were, we were playing double hockey. We were in the semifinals of our league um, in game seven. And I stayed up till 3 a.m. the night before game seven working on the business plan. I, was just, <laughs> I couldn't put it down. I was just so, you know, I was just in. What a great story by Brandon Smith, co-founder of NUMA, an organic electrolyte drink. You imagine staying up till three in the morning, game seven, still working on a business plan. He definitely had the bug. Great pod with Brandon as we caught up with him, his brother, and his work colleagues as they're in a van driving from Cleveland to Baltimore six hours, heading down to a natural products trade show, totally the life of a startup. Discussion digs into many facets of a new business, creating a direct-to-consumer business and brand, how to get better, challenging themselves every single day, the power of working hard, and the influence he got at Miami University. Hope you guys enjoy. There are four of us in, in a van right now. My brother, our, uh, two of the employees with our company, Ops Guy, Sales Guy, and we are packed in a van heading from Cleveland to Baltimore for the Natural Products Expo East. So there's two, two big trade shows of the year, and we are trade show booth, flooring, pop-ups, drinks, sample cups, you name it, we got it. Um, so one of, one of our big trade shows of the year, uh, yeah, and, and we're out there rolling, and, and I was able to kind of, you know, squeeze this in between in the ride. So I'm in the back seat with my laptop trying to make sure I have everything straight and, and happy I could chat for a couple minutes here. And how often are you guys in vans loading up and going trade show to trade show? I, I know you said there's two big ones, but are you are you sampling it, kind of going door to door often in this life? Um, yes and no. So, you know, we we've transitioned and, and really some of the biggest things that we've learned and I, I feel like some of our change in strategy, there's way more DTC. So we spend a lot of time trying to get actually in front of people who think are going to buy our product versus uh, a middleman, like a, you know, a distributor or a grocery buyer. So we're out at, you know, we were at the a big CrossFit competition in Columbus at Rogue, but we also go to little yoga studios and, and a spinning place. And uh, whether it's, whether it's loaded up with, you know, a trade show booth or if it's just coolers and drinks on ice, there is definitely a, uh, a ground game that we employ to, Nothing complicated. Put drinks in hands. So, and you mentioned DTC, direct consumer, for those that <clears throat> don't know the the letters. But is that a shift? Is that a shift for your business, or is that just a shift that you think in the industry and from a drink perspective, that's the way to grow? It's well, it's definitely a macro level food and bev shift when we. When we started NUMA, um, and I'll give a quick background, NUMA, where we make an organic uh, organic, simple ingredient sports drink, and 
by the time, um, you know, with, I, I know this kind of came up with, uh, uh, Nick Petraglia Chags made the intro. We're also going to be launching a simple ingredient free workout, um, product, but you know, when we started working on this company seven years ago or so, um, whether or not we had sold drinks and we're thinking about it, there weren't many drinks and, you know, food, food and beverages sold online. And still the dominant thoughts were that, you know, people like going to the grocery store, want to go and touch and feel and look at it and kind of peruse the aisles. And, you know, they were okay with buying sneakers or athletic, you know, maybe some other, other types of mind but food was one that people weren't uh you know weren't really ready for and that's changed a lot uh since we've started this so i, I definitely think it's it's definitely a industry-wide trend that people are people are okay just being like i, I like this product and i'll buy it online and it's going to show up in my door whether it's you know from our website or if it's through amazon it's a definite shift and i think what you know how we view it and what what, what it means to us is we can we can find ways to as a small brand you know find that little niche of people that are really into what we're doing versus get it on a grocery shelf and and, and pray that they find us so um you know it's, it's it's been something that we've been increasingly more focused on as consumer preferences on how they're going to buy food and beverages changed over the years why did you come up with the idea seven years ago and was it called numa right from the beginning um, so the way it came up, we came up with it. I was, um, you know, I was playing minor league hockey at the time. My brother was a second semester senior. He went to Brown university and he had a lot of time on his hands. The, uh, the, the, the story goes, you know, he used, he used to get some acid reflux from sports drinks and just, you know, general chugability, drinkability. Uh, he, he hated it. And I'm, I'm known for being one of the sweatiest people you've ever met. Um, so I was always looking for, looking for something to drink while I was working out at the time too. I was, um, I think I was, I was a, a couple years hip on, uh, the amount of sugar that, um, people, you know, people were consuming being an issue before being, uh, anti-sugar was cool. I was probably two years on it. Um, so, you know, we, we kind of had this idea that, you know, we could we could make at the time it was a a higher pH sports drink that was really low sugar, and that's where that's where we got rolling on it. And the name at the time, you know, we went through some naming, and uh, the, the initial ideas were uh, seven aid because we were looking to have a pH of seven, and we were using the you know Gatorade Powerade aid at the end. And the other, you know, next one was going to be refuel with the R-E-P-H-U-E-L, again, on that P-H argument or idea. And it was all uh, kind of sounded like a, uh, you know, like we're, we're, we're copying off a Gatorade or something like that. So, you know, we were trying to just st- throw stuff at the wall and see what's stuck. And NUMA is actually an acronym for the phrase no more artificials. So, um, you know, it's something that we made up and, and we don't even... Um, put it out there like hey you need to know our brand is no more artificials but you know it was, it was just a, a, a cool word kind of fun to say and it was just something that you know we thought hey we can we can own this and it's going to be totally different than what's out there mm. and, and go back to those seven years as you're as you're figuring out names and the even formulation what, what was <laughs> the fir- what was the first thing that happened where you said i think we have something here 
Um, you know, it was it was really gradual. There wasn't like an aha moment. And I was um, so I, at the time I didn't know what I was going to be doing. I was I was playing minor league hockey, and I was actually studying for the GMAT. And my, my brother asked me like, "Hey, I'm working on this project. Um, do you want to just?" you know, we're trying to write a business plan and it's a lot of just Googling stuff and putting it all in, putting it in Google docs and see what we can find. And it was one of those things where I just, I was way more excited to work on the business plan versus study for this test. And, um, you know, one of that, that one season we had a, um, my, my, my team was in the semifinals. We were, we were playing double A hockey. We were in the semifinals of our league um, and in game seven, and I stayed up till 3 a.m. the night before game seven working on the business plan. I, was just, <laughs> I couldn't put it down. I was just so, you know, I was just in. Um, and, you know, it's, it's not that like we knew we had something there, but we both knew that, wow, I'm, I'm really excited to work on this. And, and I was clearly passionate enough that, you know, before the biggest game of our season, I just, I couldn't stop working on it. Um, so that's, yeah, it's definitely, definitely one of those moments like, well, I guess this is something I could really see myself doing. <laughs> Did you have an entrepreneurial spirit when you were at Miami? Were you ever thinking um, that? No, I, I, I wasn't. Um, and, and I guess I didn't know, you know, I, I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I, I was a finance major at school and the, I think one of the things that I'm, I'm, I'm happy that, that I did it, uh, when we were kind of, I knew I wanted to do something business related and I was advised, I can't even remember who told us, but they said, you know, if, if you don't really know finance will be one that will be really, really versatile mm-hmm. that if, you know, if you don't, if you're not, if you don't want to be a banker, that's fine. You're still going to understand just, you know, financial statements, how companies work and, and, and just all of that, um, Everything just goes into understanding that, and you know, I I, I feel like I, I try to I try to dabble in, in in some you know different things. And some of those years while I was playing in the minors, I had banking internships and uh, realized it wasn't for me. And you know, just kind of one thing led to another, as, as the story I kind of outlined. It's just I, I found that I was passionate about it and, and wanted to work on it. So. I just kind of was, was sniffing around and, and whatever kind of piqued my interest is where I ended up. Mm. What do you take from your time at Miami and even playing hockey, either from a teamwork or discipline that yeah. you, that you, you still use today? Good question. So, um, one of the, uh, I, I would say I was probably one of the most unheralded recruits that the, that the <laughs> team had ever had, especially in that time where we were, um, you know, there was going to the going to the tournament every year, and, and tons of guys who had awesome NHL careers. I I spent you know first two years only practicing, never got in, and I was grinding it out, grinding it out. Um, finally got a chance as a junior senior to, to get to play, and I think that kind of delayed gratification. Come in, do your work every day, and I was you know made myself the, the strongest guy on the team and would stay after and shoot a zillion pucks and all those things that were just kind of the grind in the process. And it translates so much to our business because, you know, we jumped into something that we knew nothing about and we spent, I would say at least three years grinding it out, making mistakes. And it felt like, you know, you haven't gone anywhere, 
And but we we were making lots of progress. We were getting better, but you really couldn't see it. Like, oh, look at the PNL now. It's it's awesome because we've been doing all this work, and here are all the sales, and here's all the new accounts. It was it was it was. I mean, it still feels like it, but it was Groundhog's Day for for years where there wasn't a ton to show for it. But you know, after we were able to kind of get ourselves ready and make some of these changes and, and listen to feedback and, and become a better become a better product and you know back to my hockey days a better player as we were kind of then ready we could go out there and compete and, and start growing and, and the business was able to start uh, making some strides what was it in you that as a freshman and sophomore when you weren't playing and you were just practicing that you said I want to stick through this for four years um that's a great question. Um, you know, I, I think I just believed in myself that I, I could be out there and, and, and it meant a lot. It, it, it meant a lot to me to just prove to myself. I don't, I don't think it was trying to prove to anyone else that, you know, I could, I could be, you know, go from a walk on to, to someone competing in a frozen four. And I, I wanted to just, you know, I, I, I wanted to prove that, that I could do it. And I think one of the, um, one of the things that I felt like, you know, um, I'm here and uh, there's, there's really no reason not to give everything I have, um, to leave any, any, any stone unturned. And there wasn't, you know, like one specific moment or, you know, that, that said like, I, I need to, but I just, I just believed that I could and, you know, and I wanted to get there. So. And now you're seven years later, your brother, your brother, a couple colleagues and you are in this minivan or big van heading to Baltimore. Yeah. What, what are you going to try to accomplish this week down at this trade um, show? You know, I, I think some of the things that we're really trying to accomplish is learning. Um, and, and there are so many things that are, uh, you know, rapidly changing with one distribution model and to what consumers are looking for. And I think one of the things that uh, you know, we believe about where we are, um, specifically with our company is, you know, we were, we were fortunate enough that we, you know, spent, spent a couple of years grinding and then had a couple big wins in a row. We got into Whole Foods across the country, actually just got picked up in Walmart in probably more than half their stores across the country. And we don't think we have a distribution problem right now for, you know, kind of when we stack all the things up about what we need to get accomplished, we have, you know, we have a brand awareness problem and, uh, you know, being able to totally fit in with what consumers want and make sure we're delivering those absolutely perfect products, um, for what they're looking for. So I think one of the, one of the cool things about a show like this is, um, you, you can see everything cutting edge. So I mean, when we first started coming to the shows, you know, it was paleo, keto was, was what was dominating. I feel like we're going to see a zillion CBD, you name it, we're yeah. going to see it out here. Um, and, and it's really just trying to understand about, you know, as we're looking to expand our, our company, our brand platform. And I, I think what, what we really kind of honed in on is we make simple ingredient fitness products. Um, what are the avenues in the different, in the different places and workouts, whether it's, you know, you know, we started with the electrolyte. I mentioned we're, we're really close to launching a pre, whether it's recovery or protein or powders or, or, or you name it. What are, what are the ways that, you know, other, 
other entrepreneurs are trying to put together products and, and one of the trends and, you know, as we take it back to our drawing board about how we want to expand this and, and how we think we're going to distribute these products, um, what what's what's next is, is really what we're trying to understand and learn. Hmm. And so when, when you look at other products out there, and I think you're right, you're going to see a ton of CBD. I, in, oh, yeah. In the town and sports world that we live every day, it feels like there's a different press release out of who's investing in what or an ambassador of the other. When, when you, but when you see all these brands there, do you look at them as competitors and I have to beat them? Or do you look at them as I can learn from them and I'm just going to focus on what I'm trying to do to win that way? It's, it's definitely the latter. Yeah. Um, and, you know, they're, you know, especially in the, you know, the, the segment that we entered in, in sports drinks, um, sports drinks about $6 billion a year, uh, Gatorade, Powerade, Body Armor are 98% of that. Mm. So everyone else, we're, we're all mice um, at the end of the day. So, you know, it, it really doesn't, you know, if someone gets one win and someone, oh, they got 40 stores here and this chain over there. It, at this stage that we are, it, it's really us versus ourselves. Mm. Um, and it's just us, us getting better. And, and I think, you know, back to kind of the, the hockey days of, of what, you know, where I started with this, is, you know, it, it's really, can I make myself good enough to contribute out there versus who's the new recruit that comes in or, you know, who, what's, what's this person's job supposed to be. It, it's really more on, on me and, and for our company is if we can, you know, we, we believe we have the right brand product attributes. Um, and it's really us just figuring out how we can get our message out to enough people, um, to be what we're doing that, you know, we, we view those people out there, you know, as looking at them as, as ways to learn. And, you know, occasionally, yes, you run into some people, um, who, you know, pay this person, you know, got, got some shelf space that you were trying to get in, in a retailer. But at the end of the day, you know, whether we get it now or, or we keep, you know, working and growing our brand. And, and, you know, one of the best parts about a GTC and an online strategy is you can, you can build your raising fans and there's an infinite amount of shelf space on your website or on Amazon. Um, it really is you versus yourself and you need to find more people that like your brand and that want to buy your products and the distribution will follow. Did you guys have to fundraise, raise some capital along the way? Yes. Um, you know, we've, we, we've had to do that and, you know, have been fortunate enough that we've had, you know, one, one main angel, um, investor who's been with us and has definitely been a, a, a true believer who has, you know, I would say, you know, spent, spent some years just funding our learning, mm -hmm. um, where I think when we all, we all went in, um, the industry hit him as well, not knowing, but he believed in us. And then, you know, now, now that we are, um, you know, in and, and have a business that's growing, you know, I, I think one of the things that we feel like we've kind of, kind of proved is, you know, we think we kind of have a, a proof of concept, but now it's really need a, a, a proof of business where, you know, we don't need the fundraising, um, to, to run just a successful cash flow positive business. And then as we kind of can get to that next stage, then I would think there'll be another, um, another round of funding, you know, when we're kind of on a more solid footing further along where, you know, any, any type of, uh, 
any type of capital that comes in isn't to keep the lights on. It's for gas in the fire. Yeah. What do you think it was that he saw in you where he had that belief? Um, it, is, it was probably the same things that I've been, you know, kind of talking about. I, I think if you're if you're an investor who's kind of looking um, to, to start a company, I think the, the, the hockey story that I had is, is probably pretty ideal of someone who, you know, probably went in with, uh, a bit under talented, but was willing to work and willing to get there and, and, um, could, could grind and, you know, could be coached. And I think that's what, you know, he was looking, you know, looking for, I don't know if he was looking for, but I guess believed in, um, when he decided that like, it's, it's worth, um, putting a capital to do this. And, and, you know, same with, um, same with my brother that, that, you know, he, he, felt like yeah, I can I know that these guys are willing to slug it out and you know we lived in mom's basement for the first two years of the company and we're totally fine with that and you know just saying let's just let's just keep going um and I think he believed that we were willing to do that and, and we believed it ourselves that we were too what was that like living in mom's basement for a couple of years <laughs> um you know it, it, it I, I guess you know at the time like we didn't even mind it because we're, we're, we're a close family but it was just like this is what it's about. It's like, you, you don't, you, you, you're not supposed to, you know, wake, you know, wake up on third and think you hit a triple. Like you have to do it yourself. Um, and it, it was, it was one of those things where we just totally embraced it. And, you know, we were, my brother, we, we were in the basement and bed on one side, bed on the other. And there were, um, there were like drinks in between us. And then there was a little room upstairs. It was maybe 10 by 10 and there were two desks in there. And, that's where we worked and, and, and that's what it was for a while so i love that yeah totally it was it was i mean and and it, it didn't bother us and, and you know it was just like all right this is what we got let's do it let's make the most of it hmm. and and to that kid in oxford right now who's 18 or maybe 22 mm-hmm. what, what do you take from those four years that you could instill to anyone who's who's walking around high street today yeah you know, I think the thing about it is that, you know, it's especially at that age, um, and I get asked, you know, by oftentimes, you know, it's a bunch of hockey players who are that age that are, you know, 22, they're just graduating and they're like, oh, I'm, I'm thinking about maybe I want to play. I'm thinking about maybe I want to go into the workforce or, you know, and if it's not even that, that kid um, who's thinking about playing sports after, to me, it's all about, go out there, take the experience and, and work as hard as you can and absorb as much as you can. Because, you know, after, you know, from that, from that time. And for me, when I did those years of getting it going, I think it was 25 to, you know, 24, 25 to 29. Um, the amount of money that, you know, you're going to make or not make at that life at that point in your life is hopefully insignificant to the learning and the experiences and all the skills you can pull together so that as you find new opportunities, you're going to be better because you've learned from, from being in the trenches and, and doing it. And now that, you know, we've, we've grown a little bit, um, you know, we used to, we used to wear all hats and, you know, I was ordering, ordering raw materials, coordinating production, um, going out and, uh, you know, doing the sales calls. I've, I've now learned all those skills because I just jumped in and did them all. Hmm. And I feel like, you know, it, it has made me, um, 
I'm just so much more versatile because I just have had reps doing them all, and I didn't. I definitely didn't know when I started. And I'm, I'm not an effort. Uh, I'm not an expert, but um, you just go in there, you give it your best effort, and you're going to start learning and just acquiring these different skills you didn't know you had. So. And and if brand awareness is one of the challenges you guys are trying to overcome, if if, if money's not an issue, who 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 do you pick as the face of your brand, or what team or league or property or I guess lifestyle activity would would you want to sponsor? Um. So I think you know from a. Um, where we see our difference, you know, in our brand, where we think we can live versus the current, you know, the big sports drink markets that um, the big three that I had mentioned earlier is those um, those brands typically focus on sports, um, bat and ball championships, you know, and I think where we view ourselves as different um you know, I, I think we, instead of the kind of target that many of them that I view as being like, you know, generally teenage to young 20s, more male than female. And I said generally football, basketball, baseball, and then, you know, basically you'll see tennis or, or stuff like that, too. You know, we see ourselves that we can be more uh, boot camp, CrossFit, yoga, spinning, run clubs, and more of adults um, that are no longer trying to go pro in anything, but just want to, you know, wake up, work out, live a happy, live, live, live an active life and, and know that, um, you know, they, they care about the quality of ingredients in their body. Um, they're more conscious about sugars, things like that. And I think that's kind of the difference of, of how we see ourselves as a, um, as a brand and a target. So I think one of the, um, you know, a, a way that we can, hopefully try and convey it you know when i think of those those brands and those targets you know, i think of like nike and under armor um we want to be lululemon um in that sports world so i think that's a good way to think of you know where we want to live and target versus those um the the current brands and dominant sports street players out there now that's some great storytelling i love it 3 a.m business plans living in his basement with his brother you know these guys are going to succeed. Help them out, though. Go to Numa's website. Buy some product. I am sure they'll enjoy it. Thanks, guys, for listening. Hope you enjoy the pod. Share with friends. See you at Alt Skippers real soon. See ya.